Hello and welcome to the One Sealed Letter podcast, where we explore the legacy of letter writing and bring this beautiful art form into the 21st century. I'm your host, Kate Collier, the voice behind this podcast and the artist behind Catherine Hastings and Company, our sponsor. Today, we are talking about one of the worst postmasters of all time, William Faulkner. Before we get into the topic today, though, I just want to give you a quick update. I heard from many of you through Instagram, and there was pretty much clear consensus on the name of this community. Everyone really liked the Medici or my Medici. I love it too, because you are my muses, you are my patrons, you're the people who are helping support me as an artist, um, as I grow in the world, as I grow as an artist. And for me, it's very much a two-way conversation. So thank you for being here, listening to this podcast. Thank you for all of your support through my other um, work that I do as well. As mentioned, we are talking about William Faulkner's tenure at the University of Mississippi post office where he was postmaster. William Faulkner is one of the most well-known American writers. He was known for his short stories and novels, which were set in Yakna Patalfa County, Mississippi. Our story begins in 1921. William Faulkner was feeling a little bit restless. He was living in Greenwich Village. He had dropped out of the university of Mississippi for the second time and was a little bit directionless in his life, to, to say the least. His mentor, Phil Stone, who was an attorney in Oxford, Mississippi, reached out to him saying that he should move back to Mississippi and become the postmaster at University of Mississippi, again, the school that he had just dropped out of for the second time. We don't know too much about how William Faulkner, or Bill Faulkner as they called him, um, decided to make the move back to Mississippi, but he took on the position as postmaster in 1921. His father, Murray C. Faulkner Sr., was secretary of University of Mississippi. So some had assumed that the secretary, his father, had written the school to give favor to his son to become the postmaster actually not the case. His father did write a letter recommending his son, but he didn't recommend his son, Bill or William. He recommended Jack, um, his second son. Um, William Faulkner was the oldest of four boys. This is a letter that Murray C. Faulkner Sr. wrote to the chancellor of the university, Joseph Neely Powers. October 24th, 1921. My dear doctor, my son, M.C. Faulkner Jr., is an applicant for the position of postmaster at the university. Would you mind adding your name to his recommendation? If you will write the department in his behalf or leave your note with me to forward, I will appreciate it so much that I will do my best to return your kindness someday. Yours truly, M.C. Faulkner. We don't know exactly how it happened. It doesn't appear that the chancellor made a recommendation for Jack, the second son, to get the position. And William Faulkner, or Bill, was made the postmaster. His brother Jack recalled years later, um, in the early 20s, Bill was incredibly enough appointed postmaster at the university. Bill had contrived, I know not by what means, to get himself appointed postmaster at the small post office on campus. 
I have in the show notes the resources for where I found these letters. Um, this excerpt comes from William Faulkner of Oxford by James Webb. I'd mentioned that his mentor, Phil Stone, who was an attorney in Oxford, had arranged for him to become appointed postmaster at the school. And Phil Stone, um, I'd mentioned a mentor. He was a patron, an editor, and a publicist. So he was one of the people that really helped shape Faulkner as a writer and propel him as a writer into the world. Phil Stone later recalled that he had been made the damnedest postmaster the world has ever seen. I mentioned he started in 1921. He started with a salary of $1,700. In 1922, he got a raise of $100. So he was making $1,800 for the following four years. He was postmaster from 1921 to 1924. In front of me, I have a letter from the post office department of the office of the inspector of Corinth, Mississippi, to William Faulkner. Subject, University Mississippi, charges versus the postmaster, neglects official duties, indifferent to interests of patrons, mistreatment of mail, etc. This is from September 2nd, 1924. This is where I really wish that you could be here with me in person, either having a cup of tea or enjoying a glass of wine. Initially, I thought, oh, well, just include some excerpts from this this letter. It looks a little formal. The formality and the detail of this letter is one of the things that I find makes it so delicious and funny. So I will read the full thing. I want you to take mental note of the parts that you find the funniest. And I would love if you could send me a message letting me know what you found so funny or interesting from this letter. It has a series of charges that they are laying against William Faulkner about why he is going to be fired from his position as postmaster. And it looks like there are seven things that he needs to account for in total. I'm going to try to get through these as best as I can without interrupting us by laughing, but we will see how it goes. It begins. Dear sir, the following charges have been made against you as postmaster at University, Mississippi. One, that you are neglectful of your duties, in that you are a habitual reader of books and magazines and seem reluctant to cease reading long enough to wait on the patrons, that you have a book being printed at the present time, the greater part of which was written while on duty at the post office, that some of the patrons will not trust you to forward their mail because your past carelessness and these patrons have their neighbors forward same for them while away on their vacations, that you have failed to forward and properly handle mail for various patrons of the office, some of whom as follows, M.G. Pouser, Reverend W.I. Hargis, Miss M.W. Means, W.A. Scarborough, Jimmy Jones, Judge Hemingway, and many others that you have closed up the box of John Savage and others after they have paid their box rent and you have receded them, <laughs> that you returned COD parcel number W22705 from John Ward, Men's Shoes, New York City, addressed to H.E. 
Ray Jr. after he had given you an order in person and left 10 cents in money to forward to him at 924 Fillmore Street, Corinth, Mississippi, and that you had notified him for postage, and he sent you postage from Corinth as per your order. Yet, the parcel was returned to senders, marked unclaimed. Two, that in addition to the above careless handling of mail, you failed to deliver a letter to Jimmy Jones after he had gone to your father, who is Secretary of University of Mississippi, and got a note regarding the delivery of the same, Jones being a well-known patron of your office. And then on another occasion, a contractor working at the university was compelled to get your father to help him get a package out of the office, which you had held for two or three days, that you placed two or three letters in the box of Mr. R.L. Sullivan, the box next to the Chancellor Hume's box, which had been written to Mrs. Hume by Dr. Hume while away from home. And since Mr. Sullivan was away on vacation, these letters remained in the box of Sullivan until placed in the box of Chancellor Hume by Assistant Postmaster Bell some three or four days after Dr. Hume had returned home and made considerable inquiry concerning the same. Three, that you were indifferent to the interest of patrons unsocial, and rarely ever speak to patrons of the office unless absolutely necessary, that you do not give the office the proper attention, opening and closing, same at your convenience, that you have been found playing golf during office hours. Four, that you mistreat mail of all classes. <laughs> Gosh, I can't with this letter, everyone. Including registered mail, <laughs> that you have thrown mail with return postage guaranteed. <laughs> Hold it together, okay. That you have returned mail with postage guaranteed and all other classes in the garbage can by the side entrance <laughs> near the rear door, which was addressed to the following patrons. <laughs> Effie Farquhar, Howard B. Wallace, W.M. Ross Kennedy, University Store, Dean J.H. Deborah, University of Mississippi Hospital, Gordon Hall Boarding House, Alex L. Bondurant, Mississippian, William R. Rayleigh, Briggs. I've got this huge list of people he's thrown their, their mail in the trash. He's thrown their mail in the trash. <laughs> I'm crying. This is so funny. <sighs> okay. Woo. Okay. Ike Edwards, Mrs. The list goes on, everyone. Uh, Mrs. R.J. Schlanren, uh, Forrest Woods, W.J. Bergman, C.O. Harris, Draber Dobbins, T.H. Sandrillette, Mrs. P.E. Irely, Chase C. Evans, Taswell P. Hanley, Robert Cannon Walter, Dement, Ari Wilson, and others, and that this has gotten to be such a common occurrence that some patrons have gone to this garbage can <laughs> to get their magazines. <laughs> okay. Woo. Uh, should they not be in their boxes when they looked for them? 
Oh my gosh. So they go to their mailbox. They don't have their mail. <laughs> they know to look in the garbage can. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Whew. Okay. Five. That you do not prepare, prepare return receipts when requested by senders of registered mail. That you have two registered letters of foreign origin on hand and that have been held since December uh, 1921 and February 1922. This is in 1924, everyone. So two years. That you have lost registered letter number 104 from Arena, Mississippi, addressed to Mr. E.S. Roberts and that you have carelessly handled several, several other registered letters. Six, that you do not give postage due mail proper attention. One instance being when a letter addressed to Reverend W.I. Hargis by Bank of Oxford was held several days without notice, being placed in the addressee's box later, being called for and delivered to senders. Seven, that you have permitted the following unauthorized persons to have access to the workroom of the office. Dick Bell, D.B. Holmes, Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones is a pretty prominent figure in these letters. M.I. Pigford and others, and have permitted card playing in the office. You will please advise me in writing within five days from this date, stating whether the charges are true, in part or wholly so, and show cause, if any, why you should not be removed. Failure to receive a reply in this prescribed time will be deemed as evidence that you have no defense to offer and action will be taken accordingly. Respectfully yours. Signed, Mark Webster, Post Office Inspector, Corinth, Mississippi. One thing that just occurred to me, Jimmy Jones had multiple grievances. He was in the enumerated um, list number one and two mentioned but he's also mentioned in number seven that he had been given unauthorized access and have permitted playing cards in the office. So kind of wondering if Jimmy Jones was maybe a friend. And then he told on William Faulkner. It's just hilarious. I'm wiping my eyes from my tears of laughter in reading this past letter. Before we get to the final letter, the... Um, date of Faulkner's reply is October 1924. So it was at least a month after he received their letter. And their letter again had said he needs to respond within five days. Otherwise, he will be removed and it will deem that he has no evidence to offer against these seven detailed charges against him. It's no surprise that Faulkner didn't have much care to keep this position just given his behavior, but he did send a letter in reply. October 1924. As long as I live under the capitalist system, I expect to have my life influenced by the demands of moneyed people. But I will be damned if I propose to be at the beck and call of every itinerant scoundrel who has two cents to invest in a postage stamp. This, sir, is my resignation. I'm curious, after having heard these letters, what you make of the situation and if you feel a little bit conflicted. For me, as a person who loves letter writing and 
really trusts in the postal system where I just know it's so secure and things arrive on time. And even for antiques that I have sent through the postal service, a lot of them going from Royal Mail in the UK to USPS. And I don't even worry about them being signed for because I just know our postal system is so secure. I would obviously be furious if I had to work with a postal system that had Faulkner's level of customer service. But then on the other hand, I just find the situation so funny. And I love that the people would go to the post office, look in their box, and then they'd go look in the trash can. Like, that's just to me the funniest thing. And Faulkner's irreverence to me is funny. It's, you know, it's disrespectful to these people that clearly take it all so seriously. And they had to go through this whole investigation and administrative process, even just enumerating all these charges against him. A huge annoyance for everyone involved. But then, on the other hand, knowing that Faulkner put his own life and his own work ahead of everything, and he really just didn't care is is kind of liberating as well. So I think, um, yeah, if I had to deal with this postal system, I'd be furious and I would probably be like Jimmy Jones, like want to be buddy-buddy with Faulkner, but also like, and he lost my letters. But then, um, yeah, from the outside, I just uh, find it refreshing to have people that just don't really care. It's okay. Say what you're going to say. I'm going to still do my art and do my thing. Me as an artist, definitely not my style. I, you know, feel like there's kind of this weight of integrity always on my shoulders and doing the right thing. And, you know, if somebody's paid me to do something, I'm obviously going to do it. And I'm going to do it, you know, tenfold. Um, But to know that somebody had a little bit different of approach and just didn't really answer to anybody but themselves and didn't really hurt anyone um, in in the case is kind of refreshing. Interestingly enough, even though he was a horrible postmaster, they gave him his own postage stamp one day. Uh, 1987, there was a commemorative 22-cent postage stamp bearing Faulkner's um, likeness. It's a beautiful stamp. It's one that I love to collect. It's um, monochromatic, a kind of um, Kelly green color. He's an older man in the portrait, and he has a pipe that he's holding in his mouth and with his hand in the photo that's on the stamp. I will put a little link to what the postage stamp looks like in the show notes if you want to see it. And then, of course, I would love to hear your perspective on this and what your favorite grievance against him was in the letter. Also, how do you feel overall about it? Um, the ethics, how would you feel in this if you were a part of this situation? I love how the tale of history can be so long, and it's now 2022, so 100 years ago he was in this position. Uh, and with the tale of history, we look back and just find it all so funny. Um, and then clearly his work stands for itself at this point, and we can see the you know a man in his his full um life with all of his idiosyncrasies and flaws and be able to make light of this situation i also love knowing that the postal service forgave him even though they fired him they eventually did make a postage stamp with his face on it 
So do let me know what you think. Um, you can message me on Instagram. You can also email me, katherinehastingsco at gmail.com. Hope you have a wonderful week ahead. And as Mark Webster, the post office inspector at Corinth, Mississippi said, respectfully yours.